0: This is Into the Greenwood. I'm Rosie. And I'm Cathy. And today we're looking at, well, it goes by several names, but uh, the Selkie Wife style of tale, uh, otherwise known as the Crofter and the Seal Woman, or the Good Man of Wastness. Definitely warning for marital rape essentially because the seal woman is kidnapped and then has children with the man that kidnapped her so just a heads up on that it's
1: a pretty grim tale but so i'm not gonna say we hope you enjoy but we hope you find the discussion interesting So this week we don't have a story that we're going to read out, we're just going to summarise it, because essentially this story is quite, um, I find it quite problematic, and it was hard to think about reproducing it faithfully. You know, reproducing it faithfully, but not wanting to reproduce these things that are upsetting about it and basically I think creating a good version of it for us would have taken like a lot more thought and time than I actually had. So I'm just going to summarise it this week and then we can get into the discussion. So The Selkie Bride or The Seal Wife is a folktale about a Scottish crofter or a fisherman sometimes, or just kind of a good man who lives on his little piece of land and goes about his business and works the land and whatever. And one day he goes down to the beach and sees a group of Selkies kind of sunbathing or playing together or um, dancing. And at this point they're in human form, without their sealskins on, and they look like beautiful women. And he sees one of them. He decides that she's so pretty that he's instantly in love with her. So he steals her sealskin before she can run back into the water. And without her sealskin, she can't transform into a seal, and she can't return to the ocean with all her family. And her seal husband and seal child are sometimes, in some versions, watching her from the water, unable to join them. So she runs after the fisherman and begs him, she's crying and weeping, she begs him to give her skin back, and he says no, because he's so in love with her, because she's so pretty, that... He needs her to be his wife, and she is stuck on land now anyway because he has her skin, so she better be his wife because then he can take care of her because she's stuck here because of him. The stories describe that she becomes a really good wife who bears sometimes about seven children, sometimes four or an unspecified number of children, and she's a really good wife and a really good mother, and a lot of the stories at this point um, say something like, he was kind and gentle to her, and she grew to appreciate and almost love him for how good he was to her. And then, they live like this for a while, and then one day the fisherman is out at sea, she's alone in the house with her children and, or one of her children, and one of the children finds her hidden seal skin that her husband had kept away from her and comes and gives it to her. And the second she has her seal skin, she takes her opportunity to run back to the sea and become a seal again and live with her people. And in some versions she like leaves some food for the kids before she leaves, um, but she instantly goes back to the sea and she's reunited with her family who or her husband who is just her selkie husband who's described as her one true love. Um and the fisherman returns home to find that she's gone, and he eventually marries again, but can never forget his uh, first and only and truest love which is the Selkie that he kidnapped and forced to be his wife until she eventually managed to escape and go back to her family so
0: <laughs> yeah the uh, final line I think uh, clearly states our position for the rest of the episode uh, <laughs> don't imagine that that surprised anybody but here we are
1: Yeah, um. yeah it's it yeah, I, I we we've like looked at tales before that are troublesome and have some issues, but this one it really it really gets under my skin. Um pun not intended. <laughs> um but yeah. On that note, for for our scale, how would you rate this folk tale, Kathy, on a scale mm. of marrying a reformed water horse to kidnapped mm-hmm. by a fisherman.
0: Honestly, I don't know that this story deserves to be on our scale. <laughs> um, that's So I think I'm doing the whatever the scale version is of not applicable. Um, I don't know. No magical item here. No magical talking fish no seal king <laughs> no no good men um yeah uh, just
1: yeah i think the thing is about this story is it has some interesting things going on mm-hmm. but it just goes about them in such a troubling way like so pretty much all the versions that i read um try really hard to establish the main male character, the fisherman or the crofter or whoever he is, as, like, a good guy who works hard and is kind and good and gentle. Like, they work hard to try and make us sympathetic with him. And that's what makes it so uncomfortable for me, is this... uh, just unawareness that they all seem to have of how horrific what is happening is
0: yeah it's and obviously you get slightly different levels of of rehabilitation of him that the text tries to do Uh, which is why it's interesting that you referenced Water horse in the scale. I thought that was. I don't know <laughs> if that was intentional, but I liked it. Um, yeah. Because it's the same idea of to act in the way that he's acting. Uh, that's fundamentally selfish and yeah. inconsiderate and disrespectful to the. Integrity of another person, another living being. Um, yeah. Pretty hard to be kind and gentle if you are kidnapping women. Uh, yeah. yeah. That doesn't feel like it's a very difficult moral position or thought pattern to hold. That feels self evident to me. Um, yeah,
1: especially. Especially that she, you know she's she's crying. She she goes up to him. She's crying about how and she's begging him to give it back to her so she can please go back to her family and her family's looking for her, and he's he just says
0: no. Yeah, it's no. The different versions emphasize it to different degrees. So one of the ones that we looked at. Um, which is on Orkney Jar and will be in the show notes. Uh, That one, well, and interestingly, we begin with talking about him being arrogant but not bad. Um, Mm. So arguably, this is a bit more of a hubris one, right? Because he's told, Mm. like, oh, well you'll see, someday you'll fall in love and, like, you'll be nice to people or something. Um, yeah. And he's like, yeah, no, that's not gonna... I don't like women. Um, yeah. Just, they just cause men problems all day, every day. And... Yeah. Um, well, that's not what the text suggests. The one causing problems is him. Um, Mm -hmm. and yeah he's much he's very cruel he smiles when he has the skin and she's weeping in the background by the way as the text itself states Um, and like I don't know just to contrast that with the one that you mentioned that has a crofter you know you could Mm -hmm. argue that he he seems to be more gentle in that it doesn't you know it says she begs for the skin back but you know we don't say that she's she's crying and mourning and presumably she is but since we don't say it we can argue that her distress is slightly lighter in that version um Mm. and he's not noted to be smiling and very pleased with himself, it feels just much more (sighs) crime of passion I suppose, in that one if we want particular terms, but the Orkney Jar one feels premeditated
1: Um, yes yeah
0: so, you know, there's there's that kind of variation in the tales but all of them are insidious Uh uh-huh All of it is, you know, the fundamental plot point, and that this is why we've summarised it. The the fundamental structure of it is just awful in a way that I don't think a lot of tales that we've covered so far have been.
1: Yeah. And for a while I wondered, or like, I tried to think of it in terms of I wonder if do they do they not see Selkies as quite human or something? Is is trapping a magical creature see like is that seen as less amoral than trapping a real person? Mm. But the thing is is that Scottish folklore and Irish folklore They're both like they're both full of stories which are about seals being people, not even necessarily seals can turn into people, but seals are a people, the same as humans, the same as maybe like dwarves or elves or fairies. Mm -hmm. Seals are a people, Mm -hmm. and they're and sort of the people of the islands like Shetland, Orkney. They would not eat seal because that was considered cannibalism. Yeah. So, I just don't think there's a level here where she is not considered a person for any other reason than she's a woman, I suppose. But
0: <laughs> yeah, well, but that's a side. You know, there's note.
1: no. Um... Yeah. <laughs> like, there's there's just. There's just no reason why him doing this to her would be less weird than doing it to a human woman, basically. Yeah, and I and I'm sorry, gone. And the whole thing, like leading up to it, I just think is so uncomfortable. It's because it's it's like he he sees them dancing on the beach, and it's like he's spying on them and watching them, and they think they're safe, and they. And, he, and they're not and he's looking and this is their safe their safe place with their friends and their family, but, but he's watching them. I find it so creepy.
0: Yeah. And it's a very common trope to have in myths. You have hunters yeah. watching Diana and you know being yeah. torn to shreds afterwards, for example. Um <sighs> The whole watching women generally bathing or dancing by the sea or whatever it is that yeah. they're doing that makes them naked and vulnerable, basically. it's Yeah. It's distressingly common. And the obvious explanation is just because of Heightened tension and drama in the story, and because it's it makes sense that being in that vulnerable position, they would just go along with it. Uh, And because it's Mm -hmm. it activates such a deep fear in listeners and um, storytellers, it feels legitimate, yeah. But it's why updating this story and looking at the text of any of the other stories that try and humanize this man are Mm -hmm. very uncomfortable because your only option if you want to try and humanize him is that he just doesn't know how to interact with anybody ever and never has done yeah doesn't yeah quite realize the gravity of what he's doing and Mm -hmm. has to just undergo so much development as a social being and profusely apologize and allow her to leave and do some serious self-growth and then maybe she can come back Uh, of her own volition (laughs) and then they can get married and have kids you know like it's to make this at all acceptable for modern day sensibilities and we'll probably get into this but I think even uh, more archaic sensibilities you would have to change this story a great deal
1: yeah yeah i I definitely have some thoughts on whether there's been some confusion over time about who is supposed to be the sympathetic character in this story, and who is supposed to be the main character. Mm -hmm. Especially... um, So I was reading a paper just about Selkies in general, and like this will also be in the show notes but it it mentioned this kind of interpretation of th- this story as i think it was like a jungian thing so okay. it was reading it as her being the main character and she has kind of lost her sense of self and been torn apart from you know her see the family who she really is Um, and she's lost her skin, her sense of self, and is kind of lost in. Um, in the unconscious world, Mm. which is an interesting subversion of that. Yeah, that usually being water. Yeah, of the kind of yeah. So it's like this time, our world is her deep dark woods, or her deep ocean is our world, Mm. and then, so then. The fisherman functions as a kind of uh, pseudo animus. He's like he's filling the position of her other half, but mm. he's wrong. It's not supposed to be him. Like yeah,
0: which we it's, already it's incorrect. We already know because she almost always yeah. has a selkie she... husband.
1: Yeah. Mm. So then interesting. So then when she's able to find her skin again, that's kind of her refinding her own identity. She's immediately able to then go back to where she belongs to her true self and unite with her true other half, which is her seal husband. And it's so then the person undergoing the self-actualization in the story is her. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, that just really made me wonder if, if there has been some kind of loss or confusion over the years about who this story is supposed to be about.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting point. I I like that idea a lot, for um, partly because of the inversion of the traditional story, so that we're basically hearing it from the villain protag perspective, if you will, like you know, this man functioning uh-huh. as the fairy queen in Tamlin uh, for the Jungian mm-hmm. version. Like, that's very interesting. Yeah. I like that. That, yeah, that makes the um, story so much more acceptable because we know that what he is doing is wrong, and it, he himself is the challenge that yeah. she has to overcome in her journey towards self-actualization. Exactly. Like, that's a very yeah. good analytical jumping off and, point.
1: Yeah. And we were talking about, when we did Tamlin, we talked about how um, Janet puts a cloak around Tamlin and it, like, it symbolizes bringing him under her protection, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, and that is definitely, like, something that has been associated with marriage is like your husband putting their cloak mm-hmm. around you um, to signify you're coming into their family now. And so then again, that kind of adds to the fact that, you know, why is this story being told? Why is it being passed around? Well, maybe women in marriages that they weren't entirely happy in or even women who were just struggling with having to leave their home and everyone they knew and be in this new place with their husband even if they did like him it's this kind of urge to take back and put back on your own cloak and your own skin so that you can go back and you can be your old self and return to your home where you came from with your family and just go back to your old life
0: Definitely. Um, I remember Mm -hmm. seeing someone suggest that that was part of why we still told the myth of Persephone. um, Because that idea of mother-daughter separation because of a man and that wish to return to your home, to your parents, that it was still profound and still relevant. Um, You know, uh, like you say... Irrelevant yeah. of well, irrelevant in a way of how the woman of the story feels about the man mm-hmm. that she's coupled with, it's it's normal yeah. that you would want to be able to express that in a slightly removed and distanced way mm. in normal community atmosphere um, because, of course, she would struggle, yeah. Uh, leaving the community that you know. Um, Yeah, I I read Mm -hmm. something similar. It was actually about swan maidens, actually, in this particular paper. But the same idea Mm. of um, generally their cloak of feathers is taken instead of the seal skin. So people use it as a, a variant at a... of wider level of analysis you might say um and how the likelihood is that these tales were told by women and this this article was Mm. wondering why and again they they came to Mm -hmm. the same idea that maybe it was trying to explain just why your mother was sad sometimes why she would look longingly over the horizon um, maybe it's, it's easier to mm. mythologize that pain a bit and make it more poetic and easier to deal with instead of just a quiet day-to-day sadness of something missing um yeah, which helps explain yeah. how they they last. I...
1: Definitely, because I read. I read a paper that kind of suggested that women would find this story empowering, mm. and I sort of thought interesting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I kind of had to think of I had to think about it and. I kind of thought, well, yeah, I suppose um, the fact that she is choosing herself in in a world that perhaps a lot of women might have felt like marriage and kids was a kind of loss of personhood Mm. for them. But for men, it's an extension of their own personhood. Um, Like, it made me think of, you know, how women used to be referred to by their husband's full name. So it'd be like Mr. and Mrs. Mm -hmm. John Smith. Like, so this kind of... The fact that she's choosing herself, she's, she's kind of been trapped in this life with this weirdo fishermen and these children that she loves because they're her mm-hmm. children but um, you know she's kind of she's lost everything about her identity that she that is important to her she can't be who she truly is she can't be mm-hmm. a selkie anymore and her actually choosing that and leaving and taking back her ability to transform into the, the truest version of herself, I can see how that would be quite empowering. And especially, you know, like, it is... Like, you do feel sad for the children. Like, it is sad that they lose their mother like that and she chooses um, her previous family over them. But I can also see that a lot of women... ...would have been trapped in unhappy situations because they didn't want to lose their children. You know, like, men had full rights over the children for a while. So, you know, she might want to leave him, but if she left him, she would lose the children. So she had to stay with him. And... ...despite the fact that I think, you know, most people would not want to leave their children... Still seeing someone do that, leave the life they're unhappy in, and go back to where they will be happy and their true love and like their mm-hmm. real self, that would be very empowering. Like, I can see it.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I think it also dovetails nicely with your suggestion that maybe we've lost exactly who it was that we're being sympathetic to. Because. Yeah. To say that, you know, she's a, a mother that does abandon her children, if you want to put it in incredibly harsh terms, other stories would absolutely vilify her for that. Um, but all of these yeah. versions, even if we try and humanise creepy fisherman, we're always still on her side there's always still this understanding Mm -hmm. that, yeah, well, but of course she leaves. Of course it doesn't work out. Of course she goes home. Um, It feels Mm -hmm. inevitable and it feels right. And to have a story like that where a woman is allowed to choose basically to create a lot of pain and break a lot of social and community bonds and expectations and not be thought of as the world's worst person in the world yeah i can see how that would be the type of story that you want to propagate in your community and that you might find empowering in a particularly painful way
1: yeah and it's very clear you know there's some versions where she's going back to the sea and her seal husband and child are waiting for her and it says they're crying tears of joy it's it is so sympathetic to them
0: yeah very much so
1: and it's just unquestionable, and, and then even even in versions where she doesn't have a seal husband and child to go back to, it's just kind of an ambiguous family, like seal family could be parents or anything. Even then, it's still sympathetic to her choosing that instead.
0: Yeah, and I think it's interesting that all of the ones that I've read always say that she however many years she spends with the fisherman she still goes and walks out by the sea and she can never forget where she came from Um, she Mm. a few of them and I find this quite an interesting difference some of them imply that she's always looking for the skin as soon as she has any free time and can do so Mm. Uh, but I feel like some of them maybe imply that she's just resigned to it to living out her life on the land. Yeah, and would never have found it apart from the child or whatever plot convenience thing happened um, for that version of the story.
1: Yeah. Yeah, one one I read was kind of in between. Where, um, the house was empty but for one mm-hmm. child, um, and it kind of implied that she was taking this chance of the house being empty, um, and I thought, like, there's, there's like so many children. Maybe she doesn't want to look at it, look for it in front of the mm-hmm. older kids, and obviously not when her husband's there. Um, so then I kind of thought in that version, it was saying, like, she, she wanted to, or she, like, basically never felt safe enough Uh to look for it, and, and then, and then the kid can tell her where it is straight away, but, yeah, it's, it's just so sad, and it makes me really angry that the stories are trying to he was very gentle to her it's like well kidnapping her isn't being gentle yeah. i you know i don't care how removed he is from the act of kidnapping it's, itself by stealing her skin instead of physically um carrying her off that is Still violent,
0: yeah. it's still absolutely coercion of the most awful kind. Um, because essentially, what happens is that he takes her clothes and forces her to sleep with him, essentially, you know, that's yeah. If you strip away all of the magic. That's what happened. That's yeah. the foundational purpose of the story. And you can... You know, the tales... Space that out by saying that years pass... And then children come... And it's after he's kind to her. and But I'm not sure... That you could ever have yeah. sufficient kindness... That she would want... to have children with him? No. How much choice does she really have in this scenario? No. None. The very first interaction is him taking away her choice for her. Yeah.
1: Um. And what I've found really sinister, like, I mean, maybe it wasn't intended to be sinister, but it seemed really sinister to me, was the first night when he takes her back, one of the versions said, like, when eventually she had fallen Mm -hmm. asleep, um, that's when he got up and hid the skin from her. And there's just, to me, an implied level of intimacy to him waiting for her to fall asleep and being aware of that, you know, it's not as if he took her home, gave her her own yeah. private room, and then while while she was in a different room he hid the skin. You know, it's... It just seems really sinister. I don't like it.
0: Yeah, There's, you have to be quite close to somebody to know that they've deeply fallen asleep, such that you could move around and dig up part of the floor or hide it in the chimney you can argue for a very immediate and unkind cruelty if you want to. Most of the tales shy away from implying that but you could argue it's absolutely there in the subtext Um... yeah
1: yeah, know. and it Go on. it does really make me think that that this tale that this tale used to be framed in a different way, and I can it would make a lot more sense to me and be a lot less sinister to me if it was told as if she was the main character from the start and there wasn't like there weren't all these weird attempts to make us like the guy then it would probably read like a lot of the other fairy tales that we've Mm. read where it says very plainly what's happening and we say oh this is horrible she's being kidnapped Um, did they consider that as bad then as we do now or did they know Mm whatever, but we know we're supposed to be, like, sympathising with her. But the way it tries to turn it into a love story and, like, the story of his tragic lost love is really gross.
0: Yeah. Um, And I think... Obviously, there's a place for stories to... Ask us to be more empathetic than we normally would be to something awful, right? To try and expand our boundaries and horizons and try and make us that bit less judgmental. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, I think it's a really important part of telling difficult stories from unexpected perspectives. But you don't have the space Mm -hmm. for that kind of nuance in a short summarized folktale, generally. And if you did,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I think you would have to frame it quite differently. Um, Because, like you say, lots of these feel like it should be about her. Um, yeah, but it's kind of awkwardly not because it feels like we get a pasted-on introduction about why he's not actually that bad and then sometimes it can feel like a pasted-on ending where he marries another woman who takes care of the kids but he can never forget his selfie wife. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he never marries um, another woman and it's just always sad mm-hmm. but... You know, and you can take it several different ways. If you want the story to be the way Desire makes you do awful desperate things sometimes, then yes, he's the main character. If you want to actually tap into any of the real emotion in the story, she's the main character. If, like you say, the, the Jungian analysis lends itself to her in a way that you can't analyse it for him no yeah
1: and there's no kind of I I... if the story was truly about him I think we might actually see more consequences for him Mm. because for it to be about him it needs to be this story of he did something wrong where he messed about with nature and he shouldn't have he um affronted a supernatural being and met with really bad consequences for that um but that's that's not what we get we're just not really interested in fixing his personality flaws
0: yeah. and there are some so like a mentioned i went off and ended up doing a surprising amount of slightly irrelevant reading about swan maiden stories um but Mm -hmm. some of the versions that they have you actually do get that second part uh he has to go off on an incredibly long quest to try and find his wife again um Mm. which should he be chasing after the woman who escaped him after he kidnapped her? Probably not. Um, but <laughs> in some of them, say she sees the coat of feathers and seems to almost be possessed and tells the children to tell him that, you know, I've, I've had to fly mm. east of the sun and west of the moon and things like that, the traditional cryptic fairy tale mm-hmm. directions. Um, and so, in ones like that, you can mm. certainly think, okay, well, yeah, he's the main character. Like you say, he did something awful. Somehow, she came to enjoy her life and actually would not mind being rescued by him from whatever new curse it is that she's undergoing uh, in, in the fairy tale locale. And so, generally, he saves her and they go home together. But... You don't ever hear that in Selkie stories, as far as I'm aware. There's never one where he tries to get transformed into a Selkie to go and join her. Um, Which is probably a good thing. I don't think anybody would welcome him in the Selkie world. Yeah,
1: I mean, if I was there and he came after her, I would have a thing or two to say. Mm-hmm. Yes, just uh um, but yeah, I do notice some of the some of the stories. They try to go for this angle that is a bit more. They try to make it seem as if she's heartbroken to leave him but she's going to do it anyway so like you can see this maybe theme creeping in that's more to do with um, loving someone or something but being so but that being so against your nature you can't Mm. have it you have to Um, be your truest self and um, obey that Mm -hmm. call. And from his perspective, you can't change someone and hope that just because you love them that they will change and fit perfectly into into your life, even though uh, they're fundamentally unsuited to it because that will always end in heartbreak because you'll always find out in the end that they've always been who they were Mm -hmm. from the very start Um, and again that could be that could be quite a meaningful story but it's just a really strange thing that happens where he (laughs) kidnaps her yeah that's the
0: thing all of those would be interesting tales in their own right Um, and all of them worthwhile but as soon as you begin with what feels like um, essentially ancient clan warfare of carrying off the most beautiful women you can find violently um It's quite hard to then imply that he has the sensitivity and tenderness of heart to never uh, get over her and wish that they could work out but he understands that her character and her being is too different and is supposed to be (sighs) capable of transformation and shape-shifting and because of that she never really belongs anywhere. nowhere is it implied by his first action in the story that he has that depth of feeling and emotional intelligence (laughs) Uh,
1: you know it's quite (laughs)
0: incompatible with what he does again, different story if you have the time to get into all of that and you say, okay well this is literally the worst thing that he's ever done, but otherwise He actually does have this emotional intelligence. Okay, interesting. Give Mm -hmm. me the full Russian-length novel with all of the philosophy and the crazy asides they used to do. Love it. I'm here for this. Convoluted. Mm -hmm. A couple of hundred words in a folktale. Yeah. Much more challenging to sell that kind of character development. Yeah.
1: And there is... There's kind of this element to stories about male selfies mm-hmm. um, when it comes to you can't change someone no matter how much you want to in a lot less yes. of a weird way because um, the kind of kind of stories about male selfies are more kind of, oh, they're so charming and they have such pretty eyes and they're really gentle and lovely. But they're prone to just disappearing sometimes. And and that's it. (laughs) It's kind of like, oh, human women. Sometimes they just get together with selkie men and have a really (laughs) lovely time, but um, you can't change him because he's a Mm selkie, so he just disappears sometimes. Uh, That just seems a lot nicer. And... That that just seems very cute and very fairy tale and has all the kind of tragedy yes. and yearning and whatever that this this tale seems to think it does exactly. sometimes with the fisherman, but, yeah, but
0: it just just it doesn't. Just doesn't. Um, yeah. At best he is criminally insensitive. Um At worst, he is a sociopath, because he can watch her crying and smile and be like, yep, you're coming home with me to get married. Excuse me, Mm -hmm. sir. That's illegal and awful. So don't do that, (laughs) please. Thank you. Um, uh, Yeah, I don't.
1: It does leave me with the only way to retell this story in a way that is extremely, extremely faithful to the original is to just reframe it, make her the clear main character, Uh, don't try to make us have sympathy with him. And it's still a horrific story, but at least we're not trying to make a kidnapper and a rapist look like a
0: romantic yeah, hero. Like, at best the sympathy that you can go for is it's a shame that this is who you are and what you've done and like I hope you undergo some serious personal growth and change and are not this person anymore. You know, like at at best it's the tragic sympathy that you have for a well-written villain. It's it's not the sympathy that you have for your romantic anti-hero who messed up a little bit. They're very different kinds of feeling and narrative goal. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I suppose... It's kind of, I like. I've always, I've always loved selkie stories. I've always found this one pretty mm. horrifying. Um, but yeah, like the more we kind of talk about it and what it might have meant to women specifically, and the different ways it can be interpreted, I'm like, it it does make me see how this story has survived, you know how people saw it as so compelling and not just horrible Yeah Yes
0: Thank you for listening to the Folklore Scotland podcast We'll be back every single week with new folklore content from stories to analysis, so stay tuned
1: Folklore Scotland is a charity founded to protect and preserve Scottish folklore through taking a multimedia approach to compiling and sharing folktales Telling the tales of the past with the technology of today. If you'd like to find out more about our charity, visit folklorescotland.com. And if you're keen to become a voluntary contributor or would like to get in touch, send us an email at info@folklorescotland.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.